Good morning and uh, welcome to the Sunday School lesson for today. Today is uh, lesson number six, um, April 9, 2023, the unit two, Experiencing the Resurrection, Struggling to Accept. Devotional reading come out of John, the 20th chapter, verses 11 through 18. The background scripture is Luke 24. Verses 13 through 49. The print passage is Luke 24, verses 13 through 27 and 30, 31. The key verse for today Their eyes were open and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. Luke, the 24th chapter, and the 31st verse. Lesson aim. What is the aim of this lesson? As a result of experiencing this lesson, you should be able to do these things. Recall the struggle of Jesus' first followers to embrace his resurrection. Admit your own struggle to believe in things that you cannot explain. Proclaim that God proclaim the good news of Jesus' resurrection faithfully. Some key terms for today's lesson. Crucified, fenced with stakes fixed to the cross, destroyed, mortified. Prophet, an interpreter or foreteller of the divine will, a person gifted at exposing divine truth or expositing divine truth. Redeem, release by paying a ransom, liberated, restored. Something back. Talk. To control, to consort with, converse with, commune with, to be in a company with, commune. Visit. To dwell near, reside as a foreigner, a stranger. Walls. To walk around about, conduct oneself. Walk. To walk around. The biblical context for this um, lesson today, the print passage for this lesson continues Luke's detailed account of the report of Jesus' resurrection and its effect on his disciples and other followers. You can see Luke 24 verses 1 through 12. There is something that I want to read to you guys before we get into the lesson today, but it is important that you understand it. The lesson in focus, Christianity is faith-based, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, Paul exhort, walk by faith and not by sight. Yet things happen in our lives that challenge our faith and cause us to wrestle with what we profess to believe, especially things difficult to understand. Those of us who have experienced the struggle are in a good company of John the Baptist, Simon, Peter, Elijah, Thomas, Gideon, Moses, David, Mary, and Martha, to name just a few. The underlying cause of faith struggle. Underline that word in your mind. Faith Struggle. In other words, you struggle with faith. 
is the contrast between what we know and believe to be true and what we perceive to be true. Our humanity causes us to follow our perceptions of reality instead of what we know to be true. For example, as believers we know that God so loved humanity that he freely gave his son to die to redeem us. However, when we sin, we struggle to believe that this same love figure forgives us and never brings up our sins up again, no matter how bad we perceive it to be. Thus, despite how much we know we are taught about God and his word, we can succumb to allowing reality to make us struggle with faith. There is the key. Reality, what we perceive in human form and in the world, compared to faith. Jesus' disciples enjoyed the privilege of walking, talking, having a relationship and fellowship, and being taught by him as the Son of Man. They saw and experienced his supernatural miracles, yet when they witnessed his death on the cross, it's a traumatic thing to witness now, his death on the cross, the perception threw them into a faith crisis. The physical, what they're standing there watching that, threw them into a faith crisis. The struggle to accept the news that he had risen was fueled by their temporary perception of who he was. They had been with him, but not come to know him. They had listened to his teaching, but had not internalized it. His words, therein is the solution to struggle to accept by faith what we find difficult to believe. Pursuing God and getting to know Him intimately by spending time in His Word, meditating on it, and communing with Him through prayer. Powerful indeed. It is called faith struggle. In many Bible, men and women had problems with it. John the Baptist, Simon Peter, Elijah. Thomas, Gideon, Moses, David, Mary, and as well, Martha also. Struggling to accept that Jesus Christ that walked this earth, talked to disciples, was put on a cross, murdered, put in a grave tomb, and three days later rose. We struggle to accept that. That's true. When it combines to faith and the reality of what we witness here on earth. Powerful lessons for you today in this lesson. This week's lesson is the continuation of Luke's detailed account of Jesus's followers initial reaction to the news of his resurrection and that has not changed to this very moment some of us 
that are Christian struggle, have faith struggles. Each of the four gospel writers' account has some differences. Still, each provide the essential details what matters. Jesus was crucified. He died. His body was placed in a tomb. And he was resurrected on the third day as he predicted. As a historian, Luke's purpose for his account of the resurrection was to present his readers with infallible evidence and testimony about the marvelous discovery that Jesus was resurrected. In Luke 24 verses 1 through 12, he begins with three women approaching the tomb to find the stone moved and puzzled by the absence of Jesus' body. That's in verse 1. Next, he presents the testimony of two angelic witnesses who tell these women that Jesus has risen, using his words previously spoken to them in verse 6 and 7. The women immediately remember becoming witnesses and tell the disciples what they saw and heard. Although disciples dismissed their message verses in verse 10, Peter provided the third testimony, as in verse 12. He saw the linen wrapped inside the empty tomb and, 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 and must have realized the absurdity of being that a grave robbers unwrapped the body before removing it. <laughs> Luke adds to his list of witnesses in this week's lesson. It's in Luke 24, verses 13 through 27 and 30, 31. Two of Jesus' Other followers encountered him. They encountered him as they traveled from Jerusalem to the city of Emmaus. Later, the Sunday morning of his resurrection, they were traveling back to the city after witnessing those things and they were talking among themselves. Through an exposition of the scripture and then a meal in their home, Jesus moved from, from spiritual blindness to spiritual insight, enabling them to become witnesses to the reality of his resurrection and why he was essential to his purpose and the Son of Man and the Messiah. That is amazing that these two men had witnessed all that went on in the city that day, with Jesus' resurrection and the burial and all the different things. And they going back to the city, they talking among themselves. Jesus walks up, but God had caused their eyes to be closed to the reality of who Jesus was right there in their midst. And they were talking to the risen God, risen Jesus. God can do anything. It is powerful and an opening inquiry for you. What prevented these two followers of Christ from recognizing him? God himself prevented them from recognizing him. How did they reveal their lack of spiritual insight about Jesus' person and his mission, their loss of hope and their sadness? Because they did not internalize, they did not add hear to the words what God had told him that he what was going to happen to him. Remember how he told him, just as Jonah was in the heart, in the, in the, in the belly, belly of the whale, a fish, for three days, 
just as he told them he would be in the heart of the earth for three days. He had already told them that, but they didn't believe it. Now you see why we talk about the struggle to believe. Even the disciples didn't believe it. He's walking with two that heard him talk, speak, and do all kinds of things. Yet and still their eyes were closed to who God was because God intended that. But God, he did that because he wanted them to be able to, when their eyes were open, to realize the real truth of Jesus Christ's resurrection and they talking with a resurrected Jesus. What can we learn and apply now that has Jesus used scripture to correct the spiritual blindness? We are spiritually blind. What things remind you of Jesus' presence in your life? I can remind myself and you can remind yourself. When you go through things and different things, you know that Jesus Christ can do anything. But you have to go through different difficult hardships before you finally call on your Savior, Jesus Christ. Why is that? All you have to do is say, Our Father, which art in heaven. You, you know when your Savior is there and he can get you out of whatever predicament you're in. Uh, he, whatever he's got planned for you, you walking by faith, you know that he's got it. But yet and still, we go through all kinds of things before we finally come to and realize what you need to do in the next situation. An insight. Luke records that two travelers Jesus overtook on the road to Emmaus were initially unable to recognize him. You can see that in Luke 24 and verse 16. But they were kept from recognizing him. Commentators vary in their explanation of this verse from a supernatural act of God to the natural action of sadly looking down at the ground as they walk. The verb in this passage is passive and indicate that they were being acted on. Therefore, it could therefore it could very well be that God prevented them from recognizing Jesus. God prevented them from recognizing Jesus. Um if we consider their emotional state at this time, humanely, we can understand the shock and grief dim their sight. Their lack of spiritual insight can also be attributed to their not understanding and not internalizing his uh, teaching about his mission on earth. They wasn't listening. They were listening, but they wasn't internalizing and believing it. However, the key verse informs us that these two believers were able to recover that spiritual insight and recognize Jesus before. He miraculously vanished from their physical sight. You can see that in Luke 24 and 31. Is it possible for believers not to fail to recognize Jesus for who he is and his purpose for their lives? Yes, it is possible. This failure occurs when the believers neglect to practice confessing, submission, and daily, consistently 
communing with Jesus Christ. It's a daily, daily walk that will internalize Jesus Christ's words and what he said in your belief and your spiritual growth. You have to daily, not once a week, not every month, not just on Sunday, but you have to daily study God's word, pray, internalize God's word, and consistently, daily, emerge yourself in God's word and what he's saying. There are other spiritual discipline, meditation, solitude, prayer, fasting, which strengthen faith and motivate believers to proclaim the good news of his resurrection faithfully. Remember last week when we talked, we talked about focusing daily, every morning when you get up on the resurrection of Jesus Christ, how important that was to internalize God's word. It is important, very important, that you continue to internalize and study God's word that you become strong in the faith. Or something that you need to remember now. Faith struggle. Walk by faith and not by sight. Let us continue. Today's Sunday when we specifically celebrate Jesus' resurrection, use the contents of this lesson to identify reasons for these two disciples struggle to believe the news of his resurrection. A faith struggle. In other words, they didn't believe it. They just couldn't con convince themselves of what they had witnessed, that Jesus would be walking there with them and talking on that road as they get back into the city. Struggling to lead the news of his direction and finally progressing from spiritual blindness to spiritual insight. Rhetorically, how did this occur? Think about it. How did this occur? If we notice their actions and attitudes after encountering Jesus, we will discover that it involved confessing, submission, and communion, fellowship with him. First, they honestly acknowledged that their feelings and lost hope. Confession. Second, they allowed themselves to be taught to, to clarify the misconception that held, they held about him and his mission. Submission. Things that you need to do. Submission. Finally, they desired and spent time in his presence. Communion. All of those things, we said that this is what you need to do daily with Jesus Christ to build your faith and build your Christian walk. They desired and spent time in his presence. Communion. The results were they, their spiritual eyes were open and they were prepared to witness the resurrection reality. Resurrection reality. Challenging your students to apply this lesson by identifying specific, specific spiritual disciplines they and others can use to overcome struggles with their faith. Challenging yourself and well as others to apply this lesson by identifying 
Pacific spiritual disciplines. What are those particular spiritual disciplines? Communion, fellowship, confessing, confessing, submission, and communion. Fellowship with Jesus Christ through his word. They and others can use to overcome struggles with their faith to realize the transformative impact that believes in the resurrection would make in their lives. The key to it is believing in the resurrection. Confessing, submission, and communion. Fellowship, confessing, submission. Admit that you have problems with that. Admit it. Admit it. It's all good. Let's go to the commentary on Luke 24, verses 13 through 21. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from from Jerusalem, about three score for long. That's about probably seven miles or so. And they talked together all of these things which had happened. They were just talking about what had happened in the past three days. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself draw near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. Their physical eyes as well as their spiritual eyes. And who controls your spiritual eyes and physical eyes? God, your creator. God put them in that state for a reason. And he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? In other words, he noticed their countenance, that they were walking and that they were sad. All sad because of the loss of Jesus Christ, the awesome um, person that they had been witnessing for some years. And one of them whose name was Cleophas, answered, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and has not known the things that which has come to pass in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and other rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel, and beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Three days. They are on their way back. Key things to understand. The chief priests and our rulers handled him over to this, handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he would, was the one who was going to redeem Israel, and what is more, 
It is the third day since all this took place. They were talking about Jesus Christ. They were telling Jesus, the risen one, from the dead. They still don't recognize him. Okay? Um, powerful insight in here. What are the reasons sometimes when things are happening that you don't recognize this or that and other? Could be trauma, could be all kinds of different things. But one of the things, have you thought about one thing for sure? Maybe God has a reason for you not realizing this, that, and other at a certain time. Later in the afternoon of the resurrection, two of them traveled to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Two of them referred us back to verse 9, which states that eleven and all the rest that were likely returning from the Passover celebration in Jerusalem. Luke does not tell us that they are going to Emmaus, but their invitation later suggests that this village was their home. Only one of them is identified by name Cleophas, and some commentators conjecture that the other was his wife. Mm. As they walked, they conversed with each other about all that had happened concerning Jesus' crucifixion and reported that he had been risen early this He had risen early this morning. In verse 14, Jesus came along and went with them for a while, but they did not recognize him. Verse 15 and 16. The verse, hell, is a passive and indicates that they are miraculously prevented from recognizing him for the time being. Jesus initiated a discussion with them by asking what they were talking about and what they were so sad. Okay, one name is given, which is Cleophas. Now, who the other person is, that's the only conjecture. You don't know who that, that could be another man, that could be a woman, that could be another person. Don't get hung up on that. But just focus on Cleophas talking to Jesus, the resurrected Christ. Cleophas answered him with a question of his own. He wondered if this stranger were the only one in Jerusalem who was unaware of what recently happened there over the past few days. This is Cleophas asking Jesus a question now. Cleophas assumed that Jesus' arrest, trial, and crucifixion were the talk of the town. A lot of things happening in small places and big places that everybody don't know about. There could be a reason. Maybe they're just not paying attention, whatever. But just like uh, on any situation, Everybody don't know everything, especially everybody don't know know everything that you know. And shared knowledge among Jerusalem pilgrims and resident Jews asked them, what things? The person don't know, they're going to ask you, what things? And open the door for those two to reveal what was in their heart. Okay. They told him that they were discussing things concerning Jesus of Nazareth and what they knew about him. In their understanding, Jesus was a great prophet, a truth that would never, they would never forget. Acknowledging Jesus to be a prophet also revealed their inner doubts and fears. Now they confessed their religious leaders were 
responsible. Now they confess their religious leaders were responsible for condemning him to death. You can see that clearly in verse number 20, which said, The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. And they shared the hope that, that he would redeem and restore Israel, died with him. They could not comprehend that their Messiah could suffer and die as Jesus did. They just couldn't comprehend it. Misplaced hope for political liberation distorted their spiritual insight. They were thinking physically in the world and not spiritually about what Jesus Christ had told them. When he told them they would be in a whale, a fish for three days, he would be in the heart of the earth the same way for three days. In their hearts, all their hope were in tomb with Jesus, crucified body, rather than his dying on the cross. They envisioned a militistic Messiah defeating the Romans. They were thinking physically, worldly. That's what has us captivated here on this earth now. The reality of our daily, daily back and forth give and take of lives here physically and what we see. Not our faith. To add to that despair, Jesus had been dead three days according to Jewish beliefs. Now there was no hope of resuscitation. Yet it was Jesus' death that redeemed Israel and us and ushered in God's kingdom, guaranteeing a new covenant with him. We wonder how many miracles they had witnessed and heard about and how much of his teaching concerning his death and resurrection they had heard but failed to believe. They fail to believe. It is evident that they were guilty of listening without conviction. They were guilty of listening without conviction. Consequently, they were hopelessly spiritually blind to his person and purpose of his earthly ministry. They totally missed it. The same question can be asked to us who make up the faith community. Is there evidence that more of us listen to our study, the words without being convinced by it? My late mentor often exhorted us to stop being listeners, stop being listeners, and become hearers of God's word as evidence of being his followers. Stop being listeners and become hearers. What did Jesus' enemies recall in his prediction better than his followers did? They put that big old stone on the grave. They put them soldiers there. <laughs> they believed that he was going to rise again. <laughs> Have you ever continued in despair over a situation not realizing that God had already fixed it for you? Explain. 
Remember I talked earlier about how we go through traumatic situations and difficult things before we finally call on our Savior, the one who can get the answers, the one who has the answers for us that can relieve our dilemma and answer our call. Let's look at Luke 24, verses 22 through 24. Yea, and certain women also in our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. Remember, the women went there and told the men who were hiding, you know. Women went there for the embalming and stuff like that. And when they found not his body there, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels which had said he was alive. Remember when they came out in the minute, told them, well, I look for the living among the dead. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it even as so as the woman had said that they saw not. Remember them running to the grave and seeing inside the sepulchre nobody but the linen cloths folded neatly away. They still didn't believe. <laughs> Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Continuing their response to Jesus' question, the two acknowledged their mounting confusion about what occurred concerning Jesus of Nazareth. First, they had heard the woman's testimony that Jesus' body was not found in the tomb and that angels told them he was alive. You can see that in verse 22 and 23. Luke's account named three women, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and says that there were other women with the same testimony. Unfortunately, women's social status in Jewish society forbade them from being legal witnesses. Therefore, their testimonies were dismissed as idle talk. You can see that in Luke twenty-four eleven. Second, they acknowledged that two disciples, Peter and John, went to the tomb, discovered it was empty, and saw his grave cloth inside. Yet their testimony was not enough to believe that he had risen because they had not physically seen him alive physically and spiritually, physically and faith, spiritually and faith. Where is your faith in God's word? Tell me right now, where is your faith in God's word and what he says and what you read? You want to eliminate all those breaks in your faith, relationship and faith? Do it every day, seven days a week, all the time, God's Word, internalizing, believing, praying, fasting. Do the thing that will restore and empower your faith. According to Jewish law, they had received enough testimony to verify that the resurrection had occurred as predicted, see Deuteronomy 19 and 15. 
but they continued to believe that Jesus was physically dead. Lack of faith. Their experiences with him before his crucifixion were spiritually superficial. <laughs> they had enough experience, evidence as proof that he was more than a prophet, but refused to accept the reality of his resurrection. Wow, that's powerful, isn't it? What about us? We have the witnesses of the words, the Holy Spirit, the Christian experience, the proof of their, that he lived. How often, though, do we walk by sight then things occur that we can't understand? How often, though, do we walk by sight, physical seeing, when things occur that we can't understand? In what specific ways has our belief in the resurrection changed our conversation, conduct, and commits to him and his mission in the world? Think on these things and identify what many hinder that may hinder your readiness to demonstrate visibly and vocally what you profess to believe about the resurrection. Again, think on these things and identify what may hinder your readiness to demonstrate visibly and vocally what you profess to believe about the resurrection. A question for you. Have the practice of the faith community perpetuated sight-based relationship with Christ? Why or why not? Going to church once a week, not focusing on the resurrection every day, every morning, not faithfully continuing to read and study and fast and pray and meditate and internalize God's word. All of those things affect the faith community and prevent you from being a faithful, strong faith believer in Jesus Christ. It affects your faith. It's a faith dilemma. You lack faith. You lack the understanding to under and transform your life. You should walk by faith and not by sight. This is causing a faith struggle. Okay? Why do you think Jesus chose to walk and talk with the two disciples before revealing his identity? He wanted to give them time. He was going to do some things to help open their eyes in the question that he had. That was work that he needed to do. What did the conversation reveal about the disciples? That lack of faith. The same things that we just got through talking to. They had heard him and seen him do different things, but they did not didn't take they didn't believe. It's a human element. They are trapped. We are trapped here in the world until we are released from the world through death. So we are controlled by what we see around us. Commentary on Luke 24, verses 25 through 27, 30, 31. Then he said unto them, O fools, 
slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have is spoken. You, ooh, what an opening there. He calls them fools. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Ought not he had died on the cross and went through all of this and well, wait a minute, yeah, I said, you, you, what, 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 what were you doing when I was talking to you? What, 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 you know what I'm saying? Why didn't you turn around? What did I tell you? I, I told you about Jonah and the fish and me in the heart of her. What, was all that for naught? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures that things concerned himself. He just took them back to school from the beginning, all the way back to Moses. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and, and break and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. Look at that. Wow. Awesome. And he said of them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. Imagine the shock these two experience when Christ rebuked them for failing to believe what the prophet and the scripture had said about him and his ministry in the word. Their underlying problem was not their hearts, not their intellectual knowledge as flawed as it was. They recognized Jesus as a prophet, but missed what the prophet said about his suffering and the cross necessity. You can see this clearly in Isaiah 50, verses 5 through 7, 53, verses 3 and 5, Zechariah 12 and 10, Daniel 9 and 26, 9 and 26 rather. Rhetorically, he asked them if God had not ordained his suffering as the Messiah before receiving his glory body, verse 26. They needed to remember the words of the prophet and understand them before they could believe the resurrection. Oh. Therefore, Jesus did, took them through an intensive Bible study. Intensive Bible study. Jesus began with Moses and the prophets, taking them through all of the scriptures and taught them how they all pointed to him as the Messiah to fulfill God's will by dying on the cross. Jesus demonstrated the values of systematic Bible study, systematic Bible study, study and the process of ongoing spiritual transformation. Luke does not identify which scripture Jesus used. However, he expounded that is allowed in text that were familiar with to speak for themselves. Results of a spellbounding biblical lesson are revealed in verses 28 and 29. Verses 28 and 29.
verses 28 and 29. Verses 28, Luke 28 and 29. We are going to turn to Luke 28 and 29. All right. We are, and we're studying Luke 24. We're going to turn to Luke 24. Just bear with us. Okay. We're flipping the pages here. All right, what does 28 and 29 say? And they drew near unto the village to which they went, and he made it as though he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward Eden, and the day is far spent. And he went into the and tarried with them. That's what 28 and 29 was saying. Jesus was indicating that he was going to go on further without them, but they encouraged him and urged him to come on, just come on and stay with us for a while. Okay? Powerful indeed. Um, it is important that we understand what uh, is taking place. What is taking place and how we fail to internalize and get God's word. They strongly urged Jesus to accompany them to their home to spend more time with him and most likely hear more about the Messiah from the scripture. Jesus accepted the invitation and assumed the host role as the meal that offered by blessings and breaking the bread. Something familiar His actions awakened a sense of familiarity and they finally recognized who he was. As soon as their eyes were opened, Jesus miraculously vanished. However, they were now ready to add their testimony to the others that Jesus was alive. Here are four identifiable spiritual principles we can apply to the faith community. Scripture is a powerful tool for revealing Christ, strengthening our faith, empowering our witnesses to the world. Believers must humble themselves and submit to being corrected and taught by the Word. Spiritual insight is gained by spending time communing with the Lord. Believers must continue to spiritually mature if they desire to recognize Jesus at work, in and through their lives. Powerful. Consider Luke 24, verses 28 and 29, and discuss the importance of desiring Christ present in our lives. Those two men were walking back to the city and were talking about the activities that they went to. Jesus had just took them through an intensified Bible study on the way to 
them beginning to recognize who he was, which they still did not recognize even after the intensity. And he called them foolish for not believing what he had been taught. Does that apply to us today? You go to Sunday school all your life, sit up in there as a little child, go up, you become Sunday school teachers like I am and others. But yet and still, your faith is lacking. You have a faith struggle. Why? Because you do not continually, faithfully, and honestly earn and pray for the power of the faith to be alive in you. It's an ongoing process. It has to be continuously intensified every day, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It's a task that has to be accomplished. And then, we're considered at verse 28 and 29, how they hey, come on, stay along, hang around with us a little while longer. Stay. That's what you need to do to Jesus. Encourage him to be more in your life. Every day, Jesus, be with me, follow me, help me. Lead me, guide me. Constantly asking him, come Jesus, yeah. Freddie needs you, Joyce. Yeah. Mary needs you. He needs you, yeah, yeah. Hang out with us a while, Jesus. Be with us. Imagine the conversation when the disciples realized who Jesus was. What do you think they said to each other? How do you think they felt? Think about yourself when something was revealed to you that was right there in front of your eyes all the time. I sometimes lose my keys or something that I'm dealing with here daily. And then I stop and realize who knows where the keys are. And I call on Jesus. And nine times out of ten, 99% of the time, every 100% of the time, Right away, Jesus said, there are your keys off, ready. Isn't it powerful? Sometimes I go days before I can call on who knows where they are, where exactly where I put them down. Life applications. I just gave you one. What do you struggle with most to believe about spiritual things, including Jesus' bodily resurrection? Remember that belief dictates behavior. Belief dictates behavior. Internalize that. Belief dictates behavior. We may not struggle intellectually, but failure to practice what we profess to believe may indicate that our spiritual insight is our focus. Practice. 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 Failure to practice what we profess to believe may indicate that our spiritual insight is off focus. This week, commit to spending time in prayer and the word to strengthen your faith and walk as followers of Christ. Do that right now. Commit to doing that right this moment. To spending time in prayer and the word to strengthen your faith and walk as followers of Christ. Your world. The lack of understanding of the word causes fear, doubt, and confusing about Jesus, early followers, and their struggle to accept his resurrection. 
Therefore, if believers are to develop a deeper understanding of the person and the work of Jesus and the certainty of the resurrection to the Christian faith, the faith community must prioritize the systematic teaching of the Bible. If you have not regularly attended Bible study, commit to encouraging at least one other person to attend with you this week and in the future. Like the disciples, you may have a tendency to the doubt or challenge things you cannot explain. You can see that in Hebrews 11 and 1. Describes faith as the proof evidence of unseen things. Stronger faith is the remedy for skepticism, frustration, and despair over things that are difficult to phantom and explain. Stronger faith is the key to unlocking that. Along your spiritual journey, you may have ebbs and flows through stages of faith and doubt. Read, rehearse, remain open to the truth of the scripture. Seek and surround yourself with people who testimony of faith can offer stability and strength in your seasons of doubt. In your seasons of doubt. Powerful lesson for you today. Dear God, during these distressing times, open our eyes to see you at work. Please empower us to proclaim the good news of the resurrection to those needing salvation, encouragement, and the peace it gives. In Jesus' name we pray. We will continue with our live broadcast of the Sunday School lesson here shortly. So stay with us here at House C Production Gospel, located at 231 6th Avenue, on the behalf of the Antioch Number One Baptist Church in Thomas Spring with Reverend Wayland Olive is our pastor, where we have services on the second. Fourth and fifth Sundays at 9 a.m., and is broadcast through the parking lot as well as inside under COVID guidelines. Stay with us, we'll be back shortly with the live broadcast here on House C Production Gospel Internet Radio. Good morning, and welcome to the Sunday School lesson for today. to the Sunday School lesson for today. We hope everything is going well for you. God is absolutely in control. We want to thank you for being here with us this morning for the Sunday School lesson. Um, let us go to the throne. Our Father and Savior Jesus Christ, the maker and creator of all things, 
We thank you for this opportunity to teach that word this morning. We thank you for our church at the York Number One Baptist Church in Tonus Springs, where Reverend Olive is our pastor. And um, as we prepare to bring the lesson for today's this Sunday morning, we thank you for all that are listening in for the broadcast for today. Be with us in God as we teach their word. Give us the wisdom and strength to impart knowledge that will help others in their walk with Christ. As we deal with the issue of and the importance of Jesus Christ's resurrection. Thank you for all the trials and tribulations that are going on in the world, the harms and things that taking place in this world. You are in the midst of it all. Be with us and guide us if it be thy will. These are many blessings we ask in our Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Again, good morning. Uh, this is uh, lesson number six for the spring quarter 2023. Uh, this is unit two, experiencing the resurrection. And the big subject for today is Struggling to accept. Struggling to accept. Struggling to accept. Um, devotional reading for April the 9th, 2023. This is John, the 20th chapter, verses 11 through 18. The background scripture is Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 13 through... 49. Uh, print passage comes out of Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 13 through 27 and 30 and 31. And our key verse for today, our key verse for today, as we move around in the studio to post, the key verse for today, their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. Luke 24, 31. Um, and 32 says, They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the, the scripture to us? Jesus was walking back and joined two of his followers as they were coming out of the city after celebrating the Passover and all the things that had happened to Jesus Christ and they were walking along the road and talking and Jesus joined them and they didn't know that it was Jesus till after a while later after they had got back and was sitting at the table and their eyes were open to that they were talking and had been walking and talking with Jesus Christ, the resurrected Christ. Our big subject for today, struggling to accept. This lesson aimed, as a result of experiencing this lesson, the participants should be able to do these things. Recall the struggle of Jesus' first followers to embrace his resurrection. Admit that their own struggle to believe things that they cannot explain. Proclaim the good news of Jesus' resurrection faithfully. Some key words for you today are uh, crucified, a fence with stakes fixed to the cross, 
destroy and mortify, prophet, an interpreter, a foreteller of the divine will, and personal gift at espousing divine truth, redeem by paying a ransom, liberated, restored, something back, talking to consort with, converse with, commune with, to be in company with, commune, talking with one another, visit, to dwell near, reside as a foreigner, a stranger, walk, to walk around about, conduct oneself. Two of Jesus follows walking along the road, on the way back, on the way back to the city after the celebrating the Passover. All right. Why does this lesson matter? We, we sometimes, someone have someone to convene with to accept the truth in our struggle to understand what we cannot explain. We need someone or something to convince us to accept the truth in our struggle to understand what we cannot explain. What can enable us to believe the truth that which we cannot explain? Jesus appears to the disciples on the road to Eminence, reassuring them on the significance of his crucifixion and reveals the truth of his resurrection as prophesied in scripture. The lesson in focus. Christianity is faith-based. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, Paul exhorts, walk by faith and not by sight. Yet things happen in our lives that challenge our faith and cause us to wrestle with what we profess to believe, especially things difficult to understand. Those of us who have experienced the struggle as a in good company, you in good company, other people have experienced the struggle with these same issues. John the Baptist, Simon Peter, Elijah, Thomas, Gideon, Moses, David, Mary, and even Martha, to name just a few. The underlying cause of faith struggle, underline that word, faith struggle, faith struggle, is the contrast between what we know and believe to be true and what perceived to be true. Our humanity causes us to follow our perceptions of reality instead of what we know to be true. For example, as believers we know that God so loved humanity that he freely gave his life, his son, to die to redeem us. God freely gave his son to die to redeem us. However, when we sin, we struggle to believe that the same love that gives us never brings our sins up again, no matter how bad we perceive it to be. Thus, despite how much we know and are taught about God and his word, 
we can succumb to allowing reality, the world conditions and where we are and the things that surround us, reality to make us struggle with faith. Faith struggle. Jesus' disciples enjoyed the privilege of walking, talking, having fellowship with, and being taught by him as the Son of Man. They saw and experienced supernatural miracles. Yet, yet when they witnessed his death on the cross, perception threw them into a faith crisis. What they witnessed on that cross in them three days threw them into a faith crisis. In other words, you start doubting their faith, didn't believe it. Faith. They saw and experienced his supernatural miracles, yet they witnessed his death on the cross and perception threw them to a faith crisis. What they had been taught about the events and its positive outcome was now perceived as impossible and reality. Their struggle to accept the news that he had risen was fueled by their temporary perception of who he was. They had been with him, but had not come to know him. They had listened to him, but had not internalized his words. Therein is the solution to struggling to accept by faith what we find difficult to believe. Pursuing God and getting to know Him intimately by spending time in His Word, meditating on it, and communing with Him through prayer. It's not just a one time, once a week, every other day. You have to commune and talk to Jesus Christ and study and pray on His Word every single day. This week's lesson is the continuation of Luke's detailed account of Jesus' followers' initial reaction to the news of the resurrection. Each of the four gospel writers' accounts has some differences. Still, each provide the essential details that matter. Jesus was crucified. He died. His body was placed in a tomb. And he was resurrected on the third day. He predicted, as a historian, Luke's purpose for this account of the resurrection was to, to present his readers with infutable evidence, testimony about the marvelous discovery that Jesus was resurrected. Remember when he told his disciples that he would be in the fish three days and that he would be in the heart of the earth three days? Remember when he told them all that? But they didn't believe him. But when it happened, they still didn't believe. In Luke 24, 1-12, he begins with three women approaching the tomb to find some stones moved and puzzled by the absence of Jesus' body. He told them. Next, he presented the testimony of two angels, witnesses who tell these women that Jesus had risen. They still didn't believe his words previously spoken to them verse, in verses 6 and 7. The women immediately remembered, become witnesses and tell the disciples when they saw and heard, when they went and told them that the disciples didn't believe. They went running and looking and Peter and him. They still didn't believe. 
Although the disciples missed their message, Peter provided the third testimony. That's in verse 12. He saw the linen wrapped inside the empty tomb and must have realized the absurdity of believing that grave robbers unwrapped his body before removing it. Luke adds to his list of witnesses for this week lesson. Luke 24 verses 13 through 27 and 30 and 31. Two of Jesus' other followers encountered as they traveled from Jerusalem to the city our eminence later the Sunday morning of his resurrection. Two of Jesus' followers walking around talking and Jesus joins them and they still don't recognize him. They still don't believe it. They, they just don't get it at that point. Though in expulsion of the scripture and they then a meal in their home, Jesus moved from spiritual blindness to spiritual insight, enabling them to become witnesses to the reality of his resurrection and why it was essential, his purpose as the Son of Man and the Messiah. What prevented the two followers of Christ from recognizing him? God can do anything. God prevented them from seeing him spiritually and seeing him physically as they walked along that road and talked. How did they reveal their lack of spiritual insight about Jesus' person and his mission and their loss of hope? They really revealed it by how they were talking and the sadness on their face and how they were talking about it and going on. God perceived it, those things. What can we learn and apply now from how Jesus and Scripture to correct that spiritual blindness? You must study God's Word. You must be faithful to study God's Word every day, praying. What things remind you of Jesus' presence in your life? Woke up this morning, started you on your way. Jesus in your life, being faithful, trusting, praying, having faith, believing everything would be all right, even though it is difficult at the time, having faith to believe. Luke records that the two travelers Jesus overtook on the road to Emmaus was initially unable to recognize him. You can see that in Luke 24 and verse number 16. But they were kept from recognizing him. That's the verse. Um, commentators vary in their explanation of this verse for a supernatural act of God to be the natural action of Saturday looking down in the ground as they walked. In other words, they are in a state of, maybe still in a state of shock as to what they have seen and witnessed, and they just couldn't see it. That's that's could be possible. This verb in the passage is passive and indicates that they were being acted on. Therefore, it could very well be that God prevented them from recognizing Jesus a time for an unexplained purpose. If we consider their emotional unexplained purpose, um, we can understand that the shock and grief dim their sight. 
the lack of spiritual insight can also be uh, attributed to their not understanding or not internalizing his teaching about his mission on earth. If we consider our emotional state at this time, humanly, humans weakly can understand it. Humanly, we can understand it. It's possible to not recognize it. You've been in a traumatized situation and you didn't recognize certain things. You, you have witnessed that probably personally in your life. His teaching about his mission on earth. However, the key verse informs us that the two believers were able to recover their spiritual insight and recognize Jesus before. Miraculously vanishing from their spiritual sight. You can see that in Luke 24, 30. That's after they get all the way back in, this, in the city and sit down at the table eating. Before that, Jesus is going to give them an intense Bible study of everything all the way back from Moses up to now. And they still don't recognize him, but they do recognize him later on at that table when they were eating, and that's when he vanishes. Is it possible that for believers now to fail to recognize Jesus for who he is and his purpose in their life? Yes, it is. This failure occurs when the believers neglect. Here's how it occurs. When believers favor when they neglect to practice confession, submission, and daily consistent communing with Christ. How does it happen? Our failure occurs when believers neglect to practice confession, submission, and daily consistent communing with Christ. Your daily walk with Christ is not just reading, but understanding and internalizing God's Word. These are other spiritual disciplines, meditation, solitude, prayers, fasting, will strengthen faith and motivate believers to proclaim the good news of His resurrection faithfully. Today, we specifically celebrate Jesus' resurrection. Use the contents of this lesson to identify a reason for those, for these two disciples struggling to believe the news of his resurrection. And finally, progressing from spiritual blindness to spiritual insight. Rhetorically, how did this occur? If we notice their actions and attitude after encountering Jesus, we discover that it involved confession, submission, and communion, fellowship with him. First, they honestly acknowledged that their feelings had lost hope. They confessed, and they're talking about this as they were going on. Second, they allowed themselves to be taught to clarify the misconception that they held about him and his mission, submission. Finally, they desired and spent time in his presence, communion. The results were that their spiritual eyes were open and they were prepared to witness the resurrection reality challenge. And the challenge to us is to apply this lesson by identifying specific spiritual discipline 
that are often and others can use to overcome struggle with their faith to realize the transformative impact that belief in the resurrection makes in our lives. It is a challenge, but you must also go through it to strengthen your faith. And the key things are confess, call on Jesus, talk to him, strengthen my faith, show me, internalize it, make it a part of me. Come dwell, sit with me, Jesus. Come steady with me, come pray with me. Make me stronger in the faith. So I won't have times of loss of faith and struggle with uh, failing to keep your faith. In other words, faith struggle. Faith struggle. We all have it. Characters in the Bible had it as well as we told you before. John the Baptist, Simon, Peter, Elijah, Thomas, Gideon, Moses, David, Mary, and even Martha. Let us begin the lesson. Luke 24, verses 13 through 21. And behold, the two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score for long. That's about seven miles or so. And they talked together all of these things which had happened. And then it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. They were walking along, talking, looking down, whatever um, they were doing uh, as they talked, talking about what had just happened as they went to the past, witnessed the Passover in the city and what had just happened in the past three days. All of the things that had occurred. But their eyes were holding and they sh that they should not know him. They didn't know who they had come up and joined him. They just engaged in the conversation. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? All of these things Jesus picked up from their conversation and walking along with them. And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, Answered him, saying, Art thou not only a stranger in Jerusalem, has not known this thing that, that come to pass in, in, in these days? You know, were you a stranger? You don't know what has just happened in, um, during the Passover? And, and would, where were you? How, how, you not, how can you not miss that? That's still happening today. Even in large cities and big cities, everybody don't know everything what went on. Especially the thing that you know or somebody else knows that happened to you immediately. Whatever. They may not be aware of it for whatever reason. But this is a, another situation which looked like everybody ought to knew about Jesus being crucified and how they, the things that had done and, and everybody should know, but they didn't. That's why they asked Jesus that question. Where were you? Don't you know? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. They are communicating now. The risen Christ and the two disciples. And now the chief priests, and how, 
This is verse 20. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trust that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Okay. The two are explaining to Jesus that they uh, were hoping that Jesus Christ would uh, um, um, redeem Israel. Um, they were thinking of physical things and that Jesus was supposed to do, but they wasn't thinking spiritually yet. And uh, all this stuff that they were talking about and transpired, uh, it's been three days since these things were done. When Jesus asked them what things he asked about Jesus and Nazareth, they replied. But he had hoped the chief priest had turned him over and got him to crucify him. And what is more, all this stuff had taken place in three days. Later in the afternoon of the Red Gretchen, two of them traveled to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, verse 13. Two of them referred us back to verse 9, which states the eleven were all the rest. You know, Judas had already hung himself. I believe he did that on Friday, which states the eleven and all the rest. That's what they're talking about. It was twelve of them with Judas. They were likely returning from the Passover celebration in Jerusalem. Luke does not tell us why they were going to this particular city, but their invitation later suggests that this village was their home. Only one of them is identified by the name Cleophas, and some commentators conjecture that the other was his wife. It could have been somebody else. That's just what commentators be saying. Let's don't worry about that right now. That were revealed to you in time. As they walked, they conversed with each other about all that had happened concerning Jesus' crucifixion and reported that he had risen early this morning. In verse 14, Jesus came along and went with them for a while, but they did not recognize him. In verses 15 and 16, is a passive indicator they were miraculously prevented from recognizing him by the by for that time being, Jesus initiated a discussion with them by asking what they were talking about and why they were so sad. Cleophas answered him with a question of his own. Wondering, where were you? Were you a stranger? Why you don't know these things? Where were you? You don't know that this, that this has happened. Cleophas assumed that Jesus' arrest, trial, and crucifixion were the talk of the town. <laughs> and shared knowledge among Jerusalem pilgrims and residents. Jesus asked him, what things? Jesus asked him, what things? He told him they were discussing things concerning Jesus of Nazareth and what they knew about him. In their understanding, Jesus was a great prophet, a truth they could never forget. Acknowledging Jesus to be a prophet who revealed their inner doubts and fears, now they confess that religious leaders were responsible for condemning him to death. Their religious leaders. He would redeem and restore Israel 
This is what they they are telling Jesus. They think this is what Jesus was going to do. That's what they were told. They were thinking physically now. They could not comprehend that their Messiah suffered and died as Jesus did. They just couldn't handle that. Misplaced hope for political liberation distorted their spiritual sight. They were thinking physically. Misplaced hope for political liberation destroyed their spiritual insight. In their hearts, all their hopes were in tune with Jesus' crucified body. Rather than his dying on the cross, they envisioned a militaristic Messiah defeating the Romans. That's what they were thinking. To add to their despair, Jesus had been dead three days, and according to Jewish belief, now there was no hope of resuscitation. Okay, yet it was Jesus' death that redeemed Israel and us and ushered in God's kingdom, guaranteeing a new covenant with them. We wonder how many miracles they had witnessed and heard about and how much of his teaching concerning his death and resurrection they heard, but failed to believe. They failed to believe all those years and times in being with Jesus. They failed to believe it. It is evident that we were guilty of listening without conviction. Listening without conviction. Consequently, they were hopelessly spiritually blind to his person and purpose of his earthly mission, his earthly ministry. The same question can be asked to us who make up the faith community. There are evidence that more of us listen to our study the word without being convicted by it. My late mentors often exhorted us to stop being listeners and become hearers. <laughs> stop being listeners and become hearers of God's word as evidence of being his followers. Stop being listeners, be he hearers. Why did Jesus' enemy recall his prediction better than his followers? That's a good question. And here's the reason. They put that stone so nobody could get in there, right? <laughs> they also had them Roman soldiers posted as guard. They believed Jesus, but his own followers did not. Have you ever continued to despair over a situation not realizing that God had already fixed it for you? How about that? I'll give you an example that has occurred several times in my life, such as losing keys or whatever. I look sometimes days here and there in different places. But then when I realize who knows where I left the keys and knows everything about what I've been doing, when I call on Jesus to show me where they are, immediately he shows me where they are. And there they, I find them. What have you transpired in your life that you failed to recognize Jesus could have the answer? Jesus is the way. Jesus can handle that situation. And you wait and wait and go through this and that and other. And finally you realize 
Jesus can handle this. Let me go to the promise keeper, Jesus. He has the answer. He has shown me the way. All right, let's go to Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 22 through 24. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. Here's there talking about the women that went there first to embalm, further embalm the body of Jesus Christ, then went back and told the disciples what had transpired while they were at the tomb. Another way in which God showed them, but yet they didn't believe. And when they found not his body, they came saying they had seen a vision of angels which said that he wasn't alive. The angels had told them, but the men didn't believe him. It's the women just talking. They still didn't believe him. And certain of these which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it even so as the women had said. And the side, remember they ran, some of them ran to the tomb and looked in and saw the linen neatly laid away. And they still didn't believe. Then some of his companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said. They did not see Jesus, though. You know, they hadn't physically seen him, so they didn't believe him. Continuing their response to Jesus' question, the two acknowledged their mounting confusion about what occurred concerning Jesus at Nazareth. First, they had heard the woman's testimony that Jesus' body was not found in the tomb and that the angels told them he was alive. Remember, the angels told him, why you look fruitful for the living among the dead? Luke's account named three women, Mary Magdalene, Jonah, Mary, and the mother of James, say that they were other women with the same testimony. Unfortunately, women's social status in Jewish society forbade them from being legal witnesses. Therefore, their testimonies were dismissed as idle talk. You can see that in Luke 24 and 11. Second, they acknowledged that the two disciples, Peter and John, went to the tomb, discovered it was empty, and saw the grave closed inside. Yet their testimony was not enough to believe that he had risen because they had not physically seen him. Alive. According to Jewish law, they had perceived enough testimony to verify that the resurrection had occurred as predicted. And you see that in Deuteronomy 19 and 5. Yet they did not believe. But they continued to believe that Jesus was physically dead. They continued to believe that Jesus Christ was physically dead. Their expenses with him before his crucifixion were spiritually superficial. They had enough experience, evidence, and proof that he was more than a prophet and refused to accept the reality of his resurrection, simply because they had not seen him physically with their own two eyes. They were suffering a great faith loss. Wow. Were they suffering? A faith struggle. Yes, they were. What about us? What about us? We have the witness of the Word, the Holy Spirit, Christian experience, and proof that He lives. What about us? You and I. How often, though, do we walk by sight 
when things occur that we can't understand. <laughs> now are you getting the picture of your dilemma today in your faith struggle? In what specific ways has our belief in the resurrection changed our conversation, conduct, and commitment to him and his mission in the world? How much have you dwelled and focused on his resurrection, the miraculous thing that he has done, brought back to life through the Holy Spirit, through God? How much have you focused and meditated and prayed on that and studied that? Remember last week we said to increase your faith and increase your walk with Christ, to increase your visibility and your ministry? is to focus on the resurrection. Not once a year, but every day. Every day. It will empower you. Think of these things and identify what may hinder your readiness to demonstrate visibly and vocally what you profess to believe about the resurrection. Put it in action. Have the practice of the faith community perpetuated sight-based relationship with Christ. Why or why not? What takes place in your church? Why is physically sight overpowering faith? Because we physically hear and see that we're conditioned to believe what we see. What do, how we live in the world, what we go, what those things impacting how we do what we do. Faith gets a back seat to what we see. Why do you think Jesus chose to walk and talk with the two disciples before revealing his identity? What did the conversation reveal about the disciples? They had doubt. They were suffering of faith. Loss. They were having a faith struggle based on what they had seen. They were traumatized by what they had seen. And they just let that overwhelm their faith in what Jesus had crowed them about what he said about being in the fish like Jonah, him being in the heart of earth three days. They just let all of that go. Big based on what they saw. Let's go to Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 25 through 27 and 30 and 31. This is our final outline. Then he said unto them, Then he said unto them, O fools, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. He's talking to all of us. Let me read it in the NIV version. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Is that hitting home with you? It's hitting home with me. I hope it is with you, awakening you to the faith. Believe in faith. Walk not by sight, but by faith. He tells you all the time. He tells that all the time. You can't believe what you see. 
<laughs> oh, look at God. Isn't that good? Now look at the next verse. Ought not Christ, listen, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Look at that. Man, Jesus is asking them, asking these two, should I went through all of this and been crucified and put on the cross and died? And you think I should? I went through all that stuff, and you guys still don't believe? He said, "You're foolish. You let your faith go. You just believe what you see." And the beginning, as he went all the way back to Moses and all the prophets. He expounded to them all the scriptures that they concerned himself. He took them on an intensified Bible study all the way back to Moses on that walk back to the city. And they still, their eyes are not open now. They're going to come open later. There's some things that are going to transpire after Jesus indicated that he's going to be going on further and leaving the two as they go on back into the city. Something else is going to transpire. Let's go forward. Imagine the shock these, these two experienced when Christ rebuked them for failing to believe what the prophets and the scripture had said about him and his ministry on the word. Let's see that in verse number 25. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Okay. Their underlying problem was their hearts, not their intellectual knowledge, as flawed as it was. They recognized Jesus as a prophet, but missed what the prophet said about his suffering and cross necessity. You can see that in Isaiah 50, verses 5 and 7, 53 and 35, Zechariah 12 and 10, Daniel 9 and 26 rhetorically talking about why he should die and be on the cross to reconnect them back to Jesus. Because Satan in the Garden of Eden had disconnected them from God, their creator, through Adam and Eve. So God had to reconnect them. That's why he had to die and be sacrificed, bloodshed for them. But they didn't get it. He asked them if God had not ordained his suffering as the Messiah before receiving him in glory. You see that in verse number 26. You can see that in verse number 26. They needed to remember the words and the prophets and understand them before they could believe the resurrection. Therefore, Jesus took them through an intensified Bible study. Jesus began with Moses and the prophets, taking them through all the scriptures and taught them how they all pointed to him as the Messiah to fulfill God's will by dying on the cross. Jesus demonstrated the value of systematic, systematic Bible study in the process of ongoing spiritual transformation as you're being transformed spiritually to a power with spiritual guidance and faith and strong, you need to study, continue to study the Bible and God's Word. Luke does not identify which scripture Jesus used. However, 
he expounded that it allowed the text that they were familiar with to speak for themselves, using scripture that you are familiar with to speak for themselves, to reinforce your belief in Jesus Christ's resurrection. The results of this spellbinding biblical lessons are, are traveled in verse 28 and 29. Verses 28 and 29. And here's those two verses. Remember I told you something else happened? Here's what it was. Verse 28. And they drew near unto the village at which they went, and he made as though he would have some gone further. And it was Jesus was indicating, I'm going to go on somewhere else. Y'all go ahead on and stuff like that. But watch what these two disciples do. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward eating, and the day is far spent. And he went into the, went in to tarry with them. In other words, they invited Jesus to stay with them. After that intensified Bible study, the eyes still weren't open now, but they invited Jesus in to stay with them. Now, guess what that means to me and you? Invite Jesus into your life. Invite Jesus into your study. Invite Jesus into your prayer. Invite Jesus into your teaching. Invite Jesus into your children's life. Invite your Jesus into your life, your marriage, your trouble, whatever, your work, your job. Invite Jesus in. And guess what? If you do, remember they said if two or three are gathered together, who's going to be there with you? Jesus. All right. And look at verse 30. And it came to pass that they sat eating with them. He took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Now watch what happens. And their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he vanished out of their sight. Now you see the complete picture. All that happened during the Passover, the resurrection, all the things, these two men talking back on the way back to the city, Jesus joins them in the conversation, begins to question them. He gives them an intensified Bible study. They still eyes not open. For whatever reason, God kept their eyes open that they didn't see. I believe it was to give them this lesson. To give me and you this lesson. And they said one to another, that's 32. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us along the way and while we opened up to us the scripture? When he say open up the, the scripture, they're talking about that intensified study that they were doing. Okay. They strongly urged Jesus to accompany them to their home and to spend more time with him and most likely hear more about the Messiah from the scripture. Jesus accepted that invitation and assumed the host role <clears throat> in the meal they offered by blessing and breaking the bread. You can see that in verses 30 and 31 we just read. Familiar. Something some things familiar about his action awakened a sense of familiarity and they finally recognized who he was. Remember the last supper, how they sat down and they ate together? That's when um, they were talking about who was going to betray him and Jesus 
they was eating the bread and dipping the bread in the soup and stuff and he told Judas go on and do what he had to do familiar thing situation that brought them and opened up their eyes God bring them, brought them full circle and they finally realized who Jesus Christ was and they were talking to the crucified Christ and he disappeared just like that he was also as soon as their eyes were opened Jesus miraculously vanished However, they were not ready to add their testimony to the others that Jesus was alive. There are four identifiable spiritual principles. Four identifiable spiritual principles we can apply to the faith community. Pay attention. Number one, Scripture is a powerful tool for revealing Christ, strengthening our faith and empowering our witnesses to the world. Let me read that again for you. Number one, Scripture is a powerful tool for revealing Christ, strengthening our faith, and empowering our witnesses to the world. Scripture, study, reading God's Word. Read it, read it daily, every day. Number two, number two now, Believers must humble themselves and submit to being corrected and taught by the word. You must humble yourself like a child. Remember that from the lessons past? You must humble yourself as a child. You must lessen you. You will make yourself a zero. Can I put it that way? Yeah. Humble yourself. So you won't be so, you know, God don't like it. You know, you don't like that. Believers must humble themselves and admit to being corrected and taught by the word, the scripture. And number three, spiritual insight is gained by spending time, spending time, communing, talking, praying, worshiping, reading with the Lord, and number four, believers must continue to spiritually mature as they desire to recognize Jesus as work in and through their lives. It's an ongoing process. You must continually do it every day as you grow spiritually. Continue to be edified by God's word and encouraged so that you can go further and teach others. Wow, what a powerful lesson, God. Understanding and dealing with it. Jesus is Christ's resurrection. Struggling to accept. Faith struggles. What a powerful lesson. We hope this has helped you in your walk with Christ. And do it daily. You will become more powerful and stronger as a Christian and in your walk with Christ. Consider Luke 24, 28, and 29 and discuss the importance of desiring Christ present in our life. We talked to you about it before. Invite him in. These two invited Jesus. Tell him, come on, hang out with us a little while longer. I use that term. It's very warm that you may know. Okay? Imagine the conversation when the disciples realized who Jesus was. Just imagine that kind of, what a conversation. 
<laughs> what do you think they said to each other and how do you think they felt? He'd already called them foolish now and fools. <laughs> okay, God. He can get down when he's ready now. God is real. He's alive and well, guys. Yes, he is. All right. What do you struggle with most to believe about spiritual things? What do you struggle most with about believing spiritual things? Including Jesus' bodily resurrection. What, what, what's your hang-up? God can help you there now. Invite Jesus to deal with it. He'll clear it up. And you all go on together. Stronger in Christ. Remember that belief dictates behavior. Belief dictates behavior. You got that? Relief. Belief, not relief now, but belief. <laughs> dictates behavior we may not struggle intellectually now you know with the brain some folks smarter than other folks but failure to practice what we profess to believe may indicate our spiritual insight is off focus is off focus if you don't practice what you believe about jesus christ say for instance love helping others helping somebody regardless of who they are Loving LGBA gays and loving everybody. I don't care what they do, what kind of lifestyle they got. You put to love them just like Jesus Christ loves you. Do you practice that? Or do you shun them and stay away from them? What about the person that's poor and got them, got them clothes and smelling and stinking? Do you get away from them or do you love them? Huh? Come on. You got to practice what you say. You say you love. You got to practice it. Love like Jesus. This week committed, this week commit to spending time in prayer and the word to strengthen your faith and walk as followers of Christ. Commit yourself to spending time in prayer and words, reading God's scripture, to strengthen your faith and walk as followers of Christ. The lack of understanding of the word caused fear, doubt, and confusion among Jesus' early followers and their struggle to accept his resurrection. It's still doing the same thing today. Therefore, if believers are to develop their deepest understanding of the person of, and work of Jesus and certain centrality of the resurrection of the Christian faith, resurrection is a central point of, the, of our faith. Jesus made life the most profound thing that ever happened. A person coming back to life, all this other stuff from happening. Remember when we talk about different traumas and different things that the world admits But the most profound thing is Jesus Christ, death and resurrection. That's the center and foundation, the center of our faith as Christians. The faith community must prioritize the systematic teaching of the Bible, systematic teaching of the Bible. If you have not regularly attended Bible study, commit to encourage at least one other person to attend with you this week and in the future. Get with somebody else. Study God's Word. Pray about it. Meditate. Focus on it. It will help you in your struggle to accept the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Like the disciples, you may have a tendency to doubt for a challenge thing you cannot explain. You can see that in Hebrews 11 and 1. Describe faith as the proof evidence of unseen things. Stronger faith is the remedy for skepticism, frustration, and despair over things that are difficult to fathom and explain. Stronger faith. Along your spiritual journey, you may ebbs and flows through the stages of faith and doubt. Read, rehearse, and remain open to the truth of the scriptures. Seek and surround yourself with people whose testimony of faith can offer stability and strength in your seasons of doubt. What a great lesson. Thank you guys for listening this morning. Uh, the lesson topic for Sunday, April the 16th, 2023, is Friends, Food, and Fellowship. That's next week. The devotional reader is going to come out of Psalms 30. The background scripture is going to come out of John, the 21st chapter, verses uh, 1 through 14. And the print passage is going to come out of John, the 21st chapter, verses 1 through 14. Now, let's take a look at our walk with Christ and study next week. Remember what we said. We can begin to read the Word and study His Word. Start doing it. You got to put it into practice. Can't say you're going to do it and don't do it. Monday, April the 10th, Hospitality and Redemption, Luke 7, chapter, verses 36 through 50. Then on Tuesday, April the 11th, Raised with Christ in Glory. 1 Corinthians 15, chapter, verses 27 through 31, 35 through 44th verse. Now on Wednesday, April the 12th, death is swallowed up in victory. 1 Corinthians 14, 15, I mean 45 through 58. Now Thursday, April the 13th, God hears my morning prayer. Psalms, 30, Psalms 5. Now on Friday, April the 14th, great is God's faithfulness. Lamentations, the third chapter, verse 21 through 36. Then on Saturday, April the 15th, joy comes with the morning. Joy comes with the morning. Psalms 30. Sunday, April the 16th, Jesus appears by the sea. John 21st, John 21, verses 1 through 14. Now, for our closing prayer, on behalf of all of us here at Antioch, number one Baptist Church, from all of our past, we hope you join us for the church service today at Antioch at 9 a.m. and listen to on the radio out in your parking lot or come in on the COVID guideline. All right. Dear God, during these distressing times, open our eyes to see you at work. Please empower us to proclaim the good news of the resurrection to those needing salvation, encouragement, and the peace it gives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, God, thank you for joining us today. It has been great being with you. God bless you, and we'll see you next time, God willing. Love you.